Hello and welcome back to Endopod. My name is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. In this week's episode, we'll be looking at how coronavirus affects those with primary adrenal insufficiency, also known as Addison's disease. This is a condition which affects the adrenal glands, which sit on top of your kidneys. It affects around 8,400 people in the UK. Adrenal insufficiency is an umbrella term used to describe a variety of conditions, which all lead to a decrease in one or more of the hormones produced by the adrenal glands. It can be primary or secondary or even congenital, meaning a birth defect. The main form of primary adrenal insufficiency in the UK is an autoimmune condition called Addison's disease, but worldwide the most common cause is tuberculosis. Other causes can be tumours of the adrenal gland or even inherited genetic conditions. The cause of secondary adrenal insufficiency is usually a tumour of the pituitary gland in the brain. For the purposes of the podcast, we will mainly focus on Addison's disease. Let's look at how the adrenal glands normally function. The pituitary gland, which is located in the brain, is the body's hormone master. It influences and controls all the hormone levels in the body. Normally, the pituitary gland releases adrenocorticotrophic hormone, also known as ACTH, which acts on the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands produce a variety of hormones in response to ACTH and can be divided into zones. If we take a single adrenal gland, it can be split into a central zone called the medulla, which produces adrenaline, noradrenaline and dopamine, and a peripheral zone called the cortex. The cortex is further split into three zones. One zone produces cortisol, the other produces aldosterone, and the last zone produces sex hormone precursors. When the pituitary gland produces ACTH, the adrenal gland starts churning out all of these hormones. With Addison's disease, there are low cortisol and aldosterone levels. This comes about because of autoimmunity, which is when the body's immune cells and antibodies start attacking the body's own tissues. The particular antibody involved in Addison's disease is called 21-hydroxylase antibody, which attacks the enzyme called 21-hydroxylase. This enzyme is responsible for the production of cortisol and aldosterone within the adrenal glands, so when there are low amounts of it, the respective hormones won't be produced. So why are low cortisol and aldosterone levels dangerous? We have already talked about the actions of cortisol in length in our previous episode about Cushing syndrome. But as a summary, cortisol is involved in increasing your blood sugar levels and also keeping your immune system under control. Aldosterone is a hormone which is mainly involved in controlling your blood pressure. It acts on the kidneys to allow water to be reabsorbed back into the bloodstream to increase blood pressure if it is low. It indirectly helps to maintain the blood's pH and electrolyte levels. In Addison's disease, low cortisol levels can cause symptoms of hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugars, such as extreme fatigue, fainting, abdominal pain, depression and other behaviour symptoms. The low aldosterone levels mean that blood pressure is low, causing symptoms like headache, fainting, irritability, salt craving, etc. Other symptoms include weight loss, decreased appetite, tanning of skin, muscle pain, joint pain, body hair loss, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and more. The tanning of skin is caused by high levels of ACTH produced by the pituitary gland in response to low aldosterone and cortisol levels. 
This is the body's way of trying to correct the low hormone levels. It thinks that if ACTH is produced, then more aldosterone and cortisol would be produced. But the ACTH is obviously ineffective because the adrenal glands themselves are not responsive. ACTH stimulates cells which produce melanin in our skin, leading to hyperpigmentation. Generally, people with Addison's disease need to take cortisol and aldosterone replacement therapy. This includes lifelong medications called hydrocortisone and fludrocortisone. Patients should always keep extra medication handy and carry a glucocorticoid injection kit in case of emergencies. So let's look at the issue at hand. How does COVID-19 affect those with Addison's and why are they at increased risk of the infection? It has been found that they are at increased risk of catching any infection. A study in 2013 found that patients with primary adrenal insufficiency were 1.5 times more likely to experience infectious episodes and 4.5 times more likely to be admitted to hospital due to that infection. This is because the condition is associated with impaired innate immune response. The innate immune response refers to how the body's immune system acts when it comes into contact with a pathogen in the early stages. There are white blood cells such as neutrophils and natural killer cells involved. Neutrophils engulf the pathogens, whereas natural killer cells produce cytotoxic molecules which attack the pathogens. In Addison's disease, these cells are not properly activated and are present in smaller numbers, so this can be assumed to increase the risk of COVID-19 infection. Normally, when any infection enters a body, neutrophils will engulf the foreign pathogen along with the help of other white blood cells as well. If these cells are damaged and impaired, this will allow the coronavirus to embed the body. This may partly explain why there is an overall slightly increased mortality. Since people with Addison's disease take long-term cortisol replacement medications, they are at higher risk of infection. If they are on particularly high doses, this can have the effect of dampening the immune system. These medications can reduce the numbers and alter the actions of white blood cells, including phagocytes and lymphocytes. Phagocytes identify any foreign pathogen in the body and engulf and destroy it, similar to neutrophils. High cortisol prevents these cells from fighting coronavirus effectively as soon as it enters the body. Lymphocytes are highly specific cells. When a virus invades for the first time, they will fight off infection. But the special thing is that they'll remember that particular virus. So if the body comes into contact with it again, they'll be a lot quicker to act on it and help fight off infection much faster the second time round. High doses of long-term glucocorticoids can cause low lymphocyte levels, meaning that there may not be enough lymphocytes produced to actually remember the virus next time around. People with Addison's disease are generally at risk of developing potentially life-threatening adrenal crisis if their body is exposed to major stress, such as fighting off an infection. Acute adrenal crisis, or sometimes called Addisonian crisis, is caused by insufficient levels or even lack of cortisol. It can be fatal if the individual cannot control and maintain their cortisol levels, and the mortality rate is as high as 6%. It can also be brought about if a patient forgets to take their daily steroid medications. Symptoms of Addisonian crisis include extreme fatigue, confusion, dizziness, dangerously low blood pressure, fast heart rate, fever, chills, nausea, vomiting, stomach pain, and more. In extreme cases, there may be loss of consciousness or even convulsions, 
which are similar to seizures when the patient shakes uncontrollably. If people with Addison's contract COVID-19, they're at a high risk of developing adrenal crisis, so they need to be very careful and make sure they take their appropriate medications and shield themselves if required. If they display symptoms of Addisonian crisis, it must be treated immediately as it is a fatal emergency. They must be given corticosteroids to replace the lack of cortisol. Other important factors to consider in treating them is rehydration, balancing their electrolyte levels and getting blood sugar and blood pressure levels back to normal. As of 6 July 2020, lockdown has been relaxed further to allow people to meet in groups of up to six outdoors and single adult households will be able to form a support bubble with another. A lot of us will be glad as lockdown has had major impacts on our physical and mental health, but many others will be understandably worried. It's important to remember that shielding depends on an individual's personal health and their comfort zones. People with Addison's disease are encouraged to speak to their GP or nurse on what's best for them as they're clinically vulnerable. Regardless of lockdown measures, people who have Addison's should still follow social distancing measures. It goes without saying that lockdown has had major impacts on everyone's health, but particularly on those managing underlying conditions, including those with Addison's. The World Health Organization have published mental health tips and there are many online resources for those who are anxious about COVID-19. Keeping in touch with family and friends through social media is a great way of helping our loved ones deal with their worries surrounding COVID. It is important that those with primary adrenal insufficiency are well prepared in cases of emergency such as adrenal crisis brought about by coronavirus infection. It is recommended that they have an emergency injection kit containing hydrocortisone and be up to date on how to self-administer injections. They should also have an emergency adrenal crisis letter completed and up to date. There are online tips available on how to prepare for hospital admission for those with Addison's disease and it is recommended that they have a look at this. Obviously, it is imperative that those with Addison's disease keep on top of their prescribed medications. Now it is especially important that they don't miss their medications as it can tip them into adrenal crisis and we have already talked about why that is so dangerous. The usual dosage for hydrocortisone is 20 to 30 milligrams daily and for fludrocortisone, it is 50 to 300 micrograms daily. The guidelines say for onset of signs and symptoms of COVID-19 in those with Addison's disease, they must take 20 milligrams hydrocortisone every six hours. Fludrocortisone should be continued as normal. If they experience sudden deterioration and signs of Addisonian crisis or even severe COVID-19 disease, they must immediately inject 100 milligrams of hydrocortisone and call for medical attention. And once they've been hospitalized, they will continue to receive high-dose intravenous hydrocortisone, but fludrocortisone will be stopped. These values will be different in children, so guidelines should be followed. Once infection has passed, it is important to gradually reduce the doses of hydrocortisone down to the prescribed dosage. Abruptly stopping hydrocortisone will again tip them into adrenal crisis. Fludrocortisone can be restarted at this point too, when daily hydrocortisone dosages reach less than 50 milligrams. So, we've looked at what Addison's disease is and how coronavirus affects people with it. I hope this episode has been educational and although Addison's is considered a rare disease, it is still just as relevant. 
It is understandable that individuals suffering from Addison's may be worried during these unpredictable times, and it is up to us as medical professionals to reassure them and give them adequate medical advice. Thank you for listening in this week, and I hope you have learned a thing or two about Addison's disease. The main things to remember are that people with Addison's are at slightly higher risk of getting infected, and if they do, they are at risk of adrenal crisis. It is important that they are educated and informed on how to deal with their condition during times of emergencies or even if they are infected. Join us next week for another interesting episode as part of our Covendo series. Please do follow us on our Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Please like and share the podcast with all your friends and colleagues and of course I always welcome any feedback. If you have any requests for future podcasts then absolutely let us know. As always, we're very grateful for the support we are receiving. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier signing off. Mm-hmm.